Okay, so I was struggling to come up with something to say, and I thought to myself, well, why not answer a question that I got uh, on Friday? So we have a guy coming to meditate with us for the last couple of weeks, and, and we're sitting in the front before our meditation, and he says, you know, I've been meditating for a while, and I've been reading some books, but I can't figure out what Buddhism is. And I thought, yeah, interesting. So I said, well, you know, some people start with the Four Noble Truths. And he said, is that Buddhism? I said, well, no, that's not Buddhism. He said, is the Eightfold Path Buddhism? I said, well, that's what Buddhists do, but that's not really what Buddhism is. And then I thought about myself in July 1969, when I first moved to Los Angeles. And I asked the question, what is Orange County? (laughs) And people would look at me like, what is Orange County? I said, yeah, I keep hearing the OC in Orange County. What is it? And nobody gave me an adequate answer because I was asking the wrong question. I think the correct question would be, where is Orange County? Not what is Orange County. So, where is Buddhism? What is Buddhism? And I thought to myself, well, we can start with what some people think Buddhism is. They think it's a religion. We have between 300 and 350 million people following Buddhism in the world. It's said to be the fourth largest religion right now. So, if you said, well... Is Buddhism a religion? It would be obvious to say yes if you're following it as a religion. But did the Buddha intend for his teachings to be a religion? And I thought to myself, well, you know, at least the Buddha was a Buddhist. And then I said, well, maybe not, because he was a Hindu. And Buddhism didn't come up until he died, just like Jesus was a Jew. And I'm going, okay, so if the Buddha wasn't even a Buddhist, what was he trying to do? So I'm thinking, well, we can look at the fourth noble, four noble truths. And the first truth is why we have Buddhism. Not what is Buddhism, but why we have Buddhism. And we have Buddhism because we as human beings suffer a lot. In a variety of ways, in really dramatic ways and subtle ways. And sometimes life is pretty good and sometimes life is not so good. So this, this tension between wanting to have a good life and, and, and simply having a life creates a lot of suffering in us because we think this life should be different than it is. So... The first noble truth tells us why Buddhism is in the world, because people are suffering. Then the second noble truth sort of tells us what the problem is. Where does it come from? What's the root of our suffering? What creates our suffering? And it would be called desire, craving, attachment, aversion. Those words allow us to visualize why we suffer. Find the cause 
and, and maybe find a cure. But in all those words I have used, we didn't use one very big word, and that is God. So for a Buddhist, when they look at the cause of suffering, it's not because there is a God or isn't a God. It's because of desire and thirst and craving and attachment and aversion. So now we come to the third part. The third part is, okay, there's an end to it. So is Buddhism nirvana? I don't think so. Nirvana is simply the end of our suffering, the end of future rebirths, and the end of our karma. But to call Buddhism suffering, or to call Buddhism nirvana, we would have to have examples of nirvana, I think, walking around. And for the past 69 years, I've been looking for an example of nirvana and haven't found one. Bummer. But it didn't, it didn't sway me from the path. It just led me to believe that achieving nirvana may not be obvious to people who haven't achieved nirvana. Now, I'm thinking someone who achieves nirvana is probably wearing Timberland shoes. And I look at the Dalai Lama, and I'm going, Rockport, Timberland, he's right in there. You know, but see, he has postponed his nirvana because he is a bodhisattva and wants to save all sentient beings. And if you achieve nirvana, that's it. That's the end. You don't have to work anymore. And you still have 7 billion people suffering. Wow. Okay, so now we come to the Eightfold Path. Is the Eightfold Path... Buddhism. And I would say the eightfold path is doing Buddhism. See, a lot of people think Buddhism is a noun, but I'm thinking verb. I'm thinking, you know, if you're going to be a Buddhist, you're going to be doing something. Even when you're sitting in the meditation hall on your cushion, you're doing a whole lot of work internally, which may not be obvious to those on the outside. And when you start breaking the Eightfold Path down, what you start to see is there's, number one, I've got to watch what I say and what I do. I've got to find a job that reduces suffering and allows me to make a living. I've got to cultivate my mind and change my mind in a way that allows me to suffer less and helps others suffer less as well. And then I have to have right view and right intention. And right view is having a mundane and supra-mundane idea of what the Four Noble Truths and karma is. That's the deal. When we start to wake up, we start to understand the Four Noble Truths at a relative and ultimate level, and we start to understand how karma works for us in our favor. But it's still not Buddhism. It's doing Buddhism. And when one does Buddhism, one finds that they are not doing it in a positive way, but they're taking a backdoor approach to their suffering. What they're saying is this. 
I don't need any more kindness. I have as much kindness as I need. What I need to do is get rid of the hatred and anger and allow kindness to exist all by itself. I have as much wisdom and insight as I'll ever need. So when I'm doing Buddhism, what I'm doing is getting rid of the ignorance and delusion that prevents my insight, wisdom, and clarity from existing independently and not being manipulated by delusion and ignorance. And so if I wanted to be a Buddhist, if I wanted to say this is what I need to do, number one, I need to follow the five precepts. Okay, so following the five precepts, yeah, doing Buddhism every day. Okay, are you a Buddhist? Well, I don't know. We have ceremonies that make us a Buddhist, but then what does that mean? to be a Buddhist. Does the ceremony make you a Buddhist? Or were you a Buddhist before the ceremony and the ceremony just validates the fact that you are a Buddhist now? You know? Okay. So those are some ideas on religion and Buddhism. But there are a couple other categories Buddhism can fall into. We were talking earlier. Some people look at Buddhism as a therapy. They have issues. Anybody that's human is going to have a bunch of issues. And so we come to Buddhism and we say, Buddhism will solve my issues. And I'll be a perfect human being once I become a practicing Buddhist. That none of these things will arise again and cause me so much pain and suffering. Now, Ram Das, being one of my favorite teachers, more Hindu than Buddhist, would often say, You know, you never get rid of all those personality quirks that you have. He said even enlightened people still are a little odd because their personality characteristics don't go away. And if you're neurotic before you're a Buddhist, you'll probably be neurotic as a Buddhist, but in a Buddhist kind of way. And and that won't go away until you achieve nirvana. But you're going to be a Buddhist a really long time, probably, before you achieve nirvana. We're talking lifetimes, lifetime after lifetime. So what do you need to do if you're neurotic as a Buddhist? You need to create a different kind of relationship with your neurosis. They become an old friend. They come to visit you occasionally. And you say, welcome. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen you. How are you doing? And, and that allows you to have a certain lightness in the way you appreciate yourself, capital S-E-L-F, and what you're working on. You're working on your perfection, which is an amazing path to follow. So we have therapeutic Buddhists who have come to Buddhism to become normal. Well... You know, Buddhists I have met who have studied Buddhism for 25, 30 years, I don't know if normal is the right word. Extraordinarily normal, maybe, but not normal. Now, Ken Wilber says, if you have some issues, probably the best thing to do before you start your spiritual path is to work on the issues. Because the idea is going to 
therapy, psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, and resolving some of these issues before you start becoming a perfect human being. Wow. How many people do that? How many people say, okay, now I'm normal, now I want to be more than normal, so I'm going to be a Buddhist. Okay. So that's another way of looking at it. We also have lifestyle. There are a lot of lifestyle Buddhists, and, and, and you can't fault them for being a lifestyle Buddhist. They practice a little bit. They wear all cotton. Some are trying to be vegetarian. They like going to see the Dalai Lama. And they have Dharma books on their bedside table that they like to browse through before they go to sleep and maybe browse through when they wake up. So it gives them a feeling of purpose, of belonging, of being somebody. I'm a lifestyle Buddhist. And then last but not least, probably the most popular form is the philosophical Buddhist. Now these are guys that have two or three Kindles filled to the max with books on Buddhism. And they just love going through all these books and all the autobiographies of saints and monks and nuns and trying to figure everything out. But the one thing they don't do is they don't practice. They don't think they need to practice because they understand it. So is Buddhism understanding Buddhism? Is being a good Buddhist one who understands the complexity of Buddhism? I would say that's probably more the scholar than the Buddhist. And there are scholar Buddhists, and they know a lot of stuff, but that guarantees them nothing, not even a heaven realm, just because you know a bunch of stuff. Because what guarantees you a heaven realm is what you think, say, and do, not what you know. And if you're a vegetarian, what guarantees you a heaven realm is not what you eat, but what you think, say, and do. So pretty specific here. So we've got the four kinds of Buddhists. We have the religious Buddhist. We have the therapeutic Buddhist. We have the lifestyle Buddhist. And we have the philosophical Buddhist. But is that what Buddhism is? Is that what being a Buddhist means? That you fall into one of those categories? Okay. Get ready. This is what being a Buddhist means. Buddhism is only about one thing. And it's more than the end of suffering. Buddhism is about waking up. A Buddhist is someone who's doing a practice to wake up. That's it. Just to wake up. You don't have to go to Sri Lanka to wake up or India. You just have to be right here, right now, practicing Buddhism, doing Buddhism, and in one moment, it goes from practice to performance. And at that moment, you have woken up to the true nature of your existence. And I think most of us would probably be a little disappointed. (laughs) Because the past and future, what might happen and what, you know, did happen, seems to draw us. We seem to be just attached to all those concepts and ideas of how wonderful it's going to be. 
And if we go to heaven and we see all our friends and relatives and all the dogs and cats we've ever had, how lucky we will be. And, and when I think about going to heaven, I'm thinking that's a really cool place to go. But I don't get to go, ever. I don't even get to go to tomorrow. Somebody else is going to be in tomorrow who is going to be resembling me and thinking a little bit like me and calling it his day. Because my day is today. And we just continue to evolve and become other people and other things. And whatever ends up in heaven will not look, think, act, or speak like this. Hopefully, better looking, better speaking, and better acting. We'll have to see. But that eliminates me. So, so Buddhism is about waking up. And that's the word Buddha is the clue. Because Buddha is one who woke up. Siddhartha transformed into the Buddha. So if somebody says to you, what's Buddhism? All you have to say, it's about waking up. Thank you. Comments, questions? Dialogue, debate. <laughs> Where's the wise man? Ah, the wise man is the one who knows nothing. He's not sitting here today. 